Okay, it's Revenge of the Sith time. Um, I feel like I, going into this movie, and like even like halfway through, I was kind of like, man, I feel like I'm not going to have a lot to say about this that I haven't already said of like, uh, before in passing. But then, then I just realized like, I do actually, <laughs> I do actually have a lot to say. Um, so my, my, my vague plot points are, um, the music and the mood and tone of this, of this movie. Um, Anakin in general. Um, Padme in general and how fucking dirty they did her. Um, I think those are, I think those are my main points. Um, I'm just going to go through my list of things. This is another one where I just like, I finished it and immediately was like, I've, I've got to talk about this. This, okay. How this movie held up in comparison to previous, my, my, my previous conceptions of this. Okay. Um, I think in general, the, the trilogy series has like largely held up to how much I liked it as a kid. I think I liked it for different reasons as a kid and have like different memories associated with it. Like there are very specific things like um, the sound of uh, the, like I think in this one in particular, when th- this, this movie opens with like a, a space battle in which they're trying to like get onto General Grievous's ship to, to rescue the Chancellor. Um, and the like the pew pew pews and the like the sound of the explosions and like just I can feel like the metal under my hands like I like those are like what I I don't know I can like connect to um, and that I know that like I am picking up from watching it as a kid um, there are like all of the, the you know the, the cool battles and stuff like that the the sort of big important plot points um, and emotional hit moments and stuff like that. Uh, and I think that's true, like, throughout the series. It's, like, very, very specific things that I remembered, like the, um, uh, Shmi slipping her wrists out of the, 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 the restraints that she was in, um, the sort of layout of the Nebu palace like stuff like that that's like so very specific um again like I said I like I didn't remember a whole lot of like this very specific plot points um and I sort of didn't I definitely didn't pick up on a lot of the political stuff and so this time around I was much more interested in sort of like the the politics um I'm also, I was also, like, kind of surprised at, like, how, <laughs> how not as complex some of these plots were, like, um, I'm trying, I'm, I'm heavily debating about whether I want to continue straight on with the rest of the movies, or, like, go back and, um, live in prequel land for a little bit with the Clone Wars show, and, um, uh, the, the early, like, Jedi Apprentice books and stuff like that, um, I, I feel like I'm probably gonna watch through the movies first, just to, like, just do a basis, and then, like, go back and fill in all the gaps, um, but, yes, but, like, there were surprisingly, like, less, like, you know, military strategy, uh, stuff going into this, and I, I guess the, the Clone Wars picks up where that, is is lacking here um 
but I kind of expected there to be more of it, and I don't know why I didn't, like, <laughs> understand as, like, a seven-year-old or whatever, um, but I guess I just was not as smart of a child as I thought I was. Oh, well. Um, but yes, this, in, in general, they held up very well. There were bits and pieces of it that I'm, like, frustrated with, I think. They're, um... I get, I know a lot of people are so pissed about the uh the whole like midichlorians hand wavy thing about the force because it was kind of fun when the force was just like this thing that existed um and then you start to explain it by like tiny little creatures that live in you and then it's kind of like mm. and so I I I share that opinion a little bit. I'm also like not as fired up about it as I think some other people are. The thing that I'm most fired up about is just how how poorly Padme is treated um and I will rant about that like towards the end because uh, you know um her whole death um but I'm I'm mostly irritated with that and yeah I'm like the only other thing that I think hasn't really withstood the, the the sands of time is Jar Jar is a little bit more annoying than I thought um and there's just some like vague I don't know vague overtones vague um I don't know deeper readings that I think like are are slightly questionable but also like again to be fair these movies were made like nearly (laughs) oh my god nearly 20 years ago more than 20 years ago for some of them right Jesus Christ I'm old um anyway let's let's talk about this movie um the first thing that I have, this is not the first thing that I've written down, but the first thing I've written down that I need to share is General Grievous's first line is, what's the situation, Captain? And I feel like I need to steal that as a sort of um, general, gr- <laughs> general greeting, general Grievous, like there's there's a pun in there somewhere, general Grievous, general greeting, um, anyway, as a general greeting to use on people now, because what's the situation, Captain, is so good, um, so choice. There was another thing that he said later on that was very similar to that, or maybe that Palpatine said later on that I was like, oh, this is, this is, um, exactly the new, like, thing to say as you walk in the door, um, anyway, off topic, but that was very good, um, this movie is so interesting when it comes to tone and pacing because the sort of like the pacing is very consistent throughout the whole movie weirdly enough um but it's slow it's like a very like drawn out like I feel like this movie is pulling taffy um as opposed to like the first movie where yes there are uh, you know, we we have a different understanding of how quick-paced movies, action movies should be now in um, the year of our Lord 2022, uh, because we've gotten so used to, you know, bigger, bigger fights and faster things and, you know, more CGI and more explosions and uh, our attention spans are shorter and so we can't, like, you know, pay attention, <laughs> we can't pay attention through, um, long stretches of time without action and stuff like that so some of it could just be like modern sensibilities and stuff like that but I think a lot of it has to do with um something this movie does very well is like that sort of taffy pulling but ramping up the tension um I will say 
I'm I'm splitting this. I think uh, once they once Obi Wan and Anakin are back on Coruscant, that I think is when this sort of like taffy pulling tension, like I I could feel like in the pit of my stomach like ner- like I was genuinely anxious. Like I know how this movie ends. I know what happens in this movie, but I was like genuinely like on edge. Um, and some of that has to do with the, just the gorgeous music in this in this movie in particular. Um, and a lot of it just has to do with this sort of like almost calm that like a lot of these characters are like, I think it's it's weird because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like Obi-Wan and Anakin are both like very calm for most of this movie. Like it's not until the end that we really see them start to um start to crumble like i think when um when obi-wan yells like you are the chosen one like i think that is the first time that he has yelled in this movie um and it's finally that like burst of emotion and it's it's really satisfying because of all of this calm and that calm is like almost unsettling um now i will say this is with the caveat that the first part of this like you know the the space battle and the general grievous rescuing of palpatine i think is like slow but just bad like in a bad way it's like weirdly like they're both weirdly calm and they don't have see here's here's where like you start to realize that 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 um tension breaking um or not tension breaking that calm breaking effect that jar jar banks had in the first movie is missing here um anakin's a little bit less headstrong um, or at least like more calm and collected while doing dumb stuff. And so we have these two people who are like vaguely calm as they're infiltrating the, the, the whole thing. Um, and R2 serves a little bit as that sort of comic relief. There's a really good moment where he like uses a flamethrower. It's good, but it's not like as effective, I think, as Jar Jar Binks was. And I, I, R2-D2, I apologize for calling you less effective than Jar Jar Binks. I'm, I don't mean to insult you in this way. Um, it's just like, it doesn't hit the same because like the stakes are raised and yes, we need some of that, that tension released, um, through laughter and stuff like that. We can't have an entire movie of just like things getting worse and worse and worse and tenser and tighter and stuff like that. But also I think it's just, it's not as effective at the beginning. Um, so I'm saying that like, once they get back to Coruscant onwards, the mood is just so good. It, like, makes you on edge. The music, like I was saying, the music for this series in general is, like, amazing. Of course, like, you have the iconic themes of of the Star Wars movies that are just good music and good at doing their job. Um, but this movie in particular, I think, out of the three prequels, does does that sort of uh background music so much better like non-diegetic music so much better than um the other two um and it like like i said it doesn't start until after they get back to coruscant i don't know why they just had a crappy beginning and i guess that's the way it is um also the one the, the other thing that i'm slightly sad about for this movie for some reason this one feels so much more like cgi than the other ones um like 
I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's like that the the people that are f- like Dooku and Grievous and Palpatine like like I I highly doubt they got Sir Christopher Lee to do his own lightsaber battles. Like unlike um Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor who like f- like practiced for hours and hours and then did all of their own lightsaber work. Um I don't think that they're having old men do their own stuff. So it's like either stunt doubles or CGI or whatever it is. It's like definitely at least a lot of CGI. Um, And it kind of feels a little bit more like that. And I know that a lot of people do have that problem with this, with with the the prequels in, in general is like you look at some of the behind the scenes stuff and it's all blue screen and all green screen. And it's like barely any like real set acting. Um, which always makes it harder for actors and then it kind of feels a little bit more flat. Um, so I, I get that. I feel like this movie is sort of the worst defender out of the three, which is a little bit sad because it's otherwise so it's otherwise so good. It's it's a good movie. It's also one I don't think I want to watch again anytime soon just because it like it genuinely like hurt my heart. Like I was tearing up throughout this movie, which I think was a little bit unexpected because I'm like, you know, you, you know what happens. Um, and I think there are there are times when like books can be or the written word can be more effective when it comes to like talking about um, like the the fall of these characters and stuff like that. But no, this this movie got me. Um, uh I wrote, wait a second, how does gravity work on these ships? Um, for some reason, I feel like Star Wars in particular, I turn off the brain, the part of my brain that's like science when it comes to sci-fi. Um, and then for some reason, it's just like in this one battle, it turned back on and it was like, gravity? Question mark. Um, also, Palpatine is just so wild in this this whole kidnapping. Like, he is so fucking suspicious. And, like, I get it. Like, we get back to Coruscant and Obi-Wan is like, yeah, Palpatine's kind of been suspicious, huh? And and we're like, thank God, finally, somebody recognizes it. Um, But, no, yeah. Um, There's this one moment, though, where Palpatine looks at, like, looks at R2. There's two moments. This happens, like, twice, and it's like increase increasing in in absurdity um but like as anakin is crashing this this um this spaceship into coruscant's like landing strip um where palpatine like looks over at r2 and is kind of like fuck like maybe this fake kidnapping was a bad idea because i just might straight up fucking die because of anakin's shitty landings um this is and it's it's such a good moment i think it would have been so fucking funny if that if he's like he pulls all these strings and blah 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 blah, and then the three of them die in a fucking um spaceship crash wouldn't that be funny um there's of course always the 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 eternal thing of anakin and padme you guys are not slick when it comes to being secret lovers it's really funny it's really ridiculous but also you're just so ridiculous um the thing that i like another thing that i want to unpack and unravel at some point is uh anakin's reaction to padme saying that she's pregnant um the like the script i I don't have it in front of me but like the scripts would say something like that's wonderful this is like the happiest day of my life like that's what the script says that's the words that come out of his mouth um but there's some 
delightful like face emotion acting going on um in between when he says that's and wonderful for the first time and it kind of goes back and forth between him and Padme and you can see sort of like Padme being all nervous that he's not gonna think this is wonderful um and I want to know like like that hesitation is that because he and then you know he says it's wonderful does he actually think it's wonderful that he's having kids like how how much of that hesitation was oh shit like we live in a secret we're, we're, we're in a secret relationship right now and this is this is just gonna make things more complicated and how much of it was him being like speechless oh my god like I have kids now like how much of it was him being like okay I've got to be overly cheerful and positive about this or else Padme will be sad like I, I don't know I, I wanna I, I need to dissect it more um yeah um, 90% of Anakin's compliments to Padme are, you're so beautiful, like, fucking give it a rest, boy, she's literally more, like, competent than, than you are in, in many ways, um, she's insanely smart and strategic, and she knows, like, what, multiple languages, and she can shoot a blaster very, very well, and you're like, you're so beautiful, and I'm like, bro you don't appreciate your wife enough um Padme you deserve better I'm like strongly on the team Padme you deserve better um anyway uh but uh, also on the other uh, um on another note Anakin really does look so baby in in a lot of this movie um he you know I think this is this is supposed to be like three years two years three years after um the previous movie in which he was 19 so i think he's like what 20 22 ish in this um he's like around my age he still looks baby he just he's has he, he's got he's got um the face that makes you like damn you really are a young adult who has been who is who's gotten who's 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 carers have done wrong by you and i'm sorry that that you were in this situation um, we've got some more philosophical force discussion, um, uh, when Anakin goes to Yoda and is like, I'm having nightmares again about somebody I love dying, and Yoda says, uh, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose, and I don't think that I've, I've sat enough with this to come up with a very good philosophy answer, to to what the fuck Yoda is saying here um but I probably will by the time that I read the the book for version of this so I'll check in with you about that later but um again I feel like this is the the sort of this is antithetical to my personal take on on connection and uh obsession and attachment and stuff like that and so, uh, I don't know. I will, uh, I will think about my opinions on Yoda's advice here and get back to you at a later date. Thank you very much. Um, yes, the music is so good. The one thing that I think is really interesting, um, I think we, we find out about Palpatine way earlier than I thought. Like, he, get, he gets revealed pretty early. 
Um, and I guess that makes sense because there's a lot that's a lot of stuff that happens afterwards. Um, but at the space opera, one of the things that he says is all who gain power are afraid to lose it. And he brings up the, the, the point that like the Jedi aren't so different from the Sith. And Anakin is like, the Jedi are selfless and the, the Sith only care about themselves. And Palpatine is like, like, is that, you know, is that true? Um, and again, it's the kind of thing where like, that's a damn good point. The Jedi are sometimes have their heads so far up their own asses that they can't see what's important right in front of them um, and do things because they convince themselves they think that they're being selfless when in rea- in actuality, they're just like divorcing themselves from uh, a situation and calling that, you know, done, good. Um, what else do I have to say about that? Um... But yes, but, and it is true that, like, I think that the Jedi Council are so set in their ways that it it feels like all who gain power are afraid to lose it, and they're like, you know, they don't want to lose the power that has been afforded to them. Um, But, I don't know, we we continue the the thread of things that are are technically correct, but maybe get taken a little bit too far. Um, But yes. Uh, What else do I have? Um, Obi-Wan has this really good interaction with Anakin right before he leaves to go on to his little... Oh my god, I just realized, like, this is the last interaction he has with Anakin before Anakin goes fucking... Um, Vader-y. Uh, like, wait, what the fuck? Never mind. Um, so he, no, he, he, so Anakin is like, I, they haven't made me a master yet, like, this is so rude of them. Um and Obi-Wan has to go off and like do his mission and Anakin's all like up in arms about it and he goes um like you are strong and wise Anakin and I am very proud of you and then he like keeps keeps going on and like talks you know talking to him um you've become a far better Jedi than I had ever hoped you could be um like goodbye my old friend and like um okay wait I'm gonna Pretend I just did, pretend I didn't just say goodbye, my old friend, because I want to talk about that separately. But like, we see this kind of very complimentary side of Obi Wan, and I think that this is something. This is something that happens throughout. Um, we I like ha- kind of noted a lot of a lot of them. I think I mentioned like you know oh good idea and it came, that was a good one good call my young Padawan or whatever the fuck. Um, and I think there's there's like another instance of this at the beginning and. Um, I think that it's kind of, it's a good thing to see because we, uh, we do see Obi-Wan as this sort of disciplinarian figure for Anakin, but also he's not like, I don't know, I, I will say he's not like, <laughs> I was not going to break up Qui-Gon, I swear to God, um, he's not like Qui-Gon who seems like the type of person who's very, um, uh, you, you know, uh, unable to please, or at least he, he is in a lot of the, um, the sort of books that center, um, Obi-Wan, uh, Obi-Wan as an apprentice. Also, like, I'm, I still keep trying to remember what book it must have been that I read that was Star Wars. I think it might not have been one of the novelizations. It straight up might have been just, like, one of the Jedi Apprentice books. Because I feel like I remember like a young Qui or a young Obi Wan Kenobi and a Qui Gon, and I clearly didn't read the the 
uh, Phantom Menace one. So I don't know. Um, anyway, I just like, these are some like solid good compliments and like, I'm proud of you. Like how many of, of, um, you know, young protagonists do you have who are like, my parents never said they were, my father never said he was proud of me or blah, 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 blah. blah. And like, so like we have, um, Obi-Wan being very vocal about that kind of thing here. Um, so it's kind of, I, I don't know. It, it like then it, it hurts more than when when um Anakin starts to be like oh like he's just jealous of me he like wants to turn everyone against me and stuff like that. Anakin has very little object permanence. Um, and I can't blame him. I I understand that. But like the second Obi Wan is like out of his sight, he's like oh my god Obi Wan is the worst person ever. He hates me. He he only wants worse the the terrible things for me. And then Obi Wan shows up and he's like Anakin, I'm proud of you. And Anakin's like ah Obi Wan, I love you. <laughs> it's it's genuinely it's really funny, but it's also really really sad. I I feel so bad for this kid. Um. Um. But yeah. But also the, like like okay the goodbye my old friend. Um. What what happens you know. Anakin says, uh, may the force be with you. And then Obi-Wan says, uh, goodbye, my, my old, old friend. Um, and the, like, may the force be with you too, or whatever the fuck he says. Um, which is interesting because usually like almost every other interaction we, we see about these people, like, um, with that, with this particular sign off, it's like, may the force be with you. And it's not, and with your spirit. Um, but like, you know, like they say it directly back. Um, but instead, we do get this genuine, like, goodbye, my old friend. And, I, you know, until talking about this now and thinking about the fact, like, that actually is the last thing they, like, that is the last thing he says to Anakin as, like, you know, pre, pre-fallen Anakin is this, this very explicit goodbye as opposed to, like, I'll see you again as opposed to, like, good luck out there, um... Which kind of hurts me a little bit on the inside. Ow. Um, I'm a little bit confused about the timeline in this movie. Re-pregnancy. And re-just everything. Like, okay, I understand. So, um, Anakin has been out in the Outer Rim with Obi-Wan. They've been fighting battles and stuff like that. And they haven't been to Coruscant in a while. Um, so, clearly, Padme is, like, you know, far enough along in her pregnancy that... Anakin impregnated her a couple of months ago question mark and now they're um they're like back from the front lines and so um but like she wasn't really showing at the beginning of this movie I don't think could have just been her dress but I don't think so um and then she gives birth at the end of it and so we call them preemies maybe and that's like eight months um and like what say say she's like four or five months pregnant at the beginning of the movie like I don't know what a, what is a five month five month pregnant um okay yeah that's like a tiny little bump um okay yeah say she's she say she's like five months pregnant at the beginning of the movie um what like what happens? How 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 do these three months go? Like I guess there's there's some places that or there could be gaps in time, but I'm just like what the hell, you know? The timeline's confusing. Um. This is 
another really random thought, but there's the um, Obi Wan fights Grievous, um, and there's the it's a it's a fun va- it's a fun battle compared to some of the other battles that we've seen. Um, it's pretty fun. There is this really good moment where there's like a zoom in on Grievous's eyes when he says some sort of like villain one liner quip thing. Um, and it looks really cool. Um, I was just so caught up in like the texture of his his droid helmet, armor, head, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, but then they do the same thing to Obi-Wan and it's like a, a zoom in of like you just see his eyes as he responds to the quip and it it fully like takes you out of the the intense battle moment and then it's just fucking hilarious. Um, I think that is the thing with this movie too is like this is the movie where a lot of the memes come from of the like do it um, and the the unlimited power and um, just like anything that comes out of Palpatine's mouth basically. Um, and the, it's over, Anakin, I have the high ground. Like, it's all memeable, but it's also, like, heartbreaking. And it's it's really funny how f- fast they whiplash you between the two of those things. Um, the other random thought I have is that Obi-Wan jumps onto a beast, not crotch first. He lands on his feet and then sits down. I don't know what that says. I don't know if that's a growth of character. I don't know if he's just gotten too old to be slamming his crotch into a random <laughs> into a random beast. But I was like, oh, look at this character who is who is not following the trend that Anakin and Padme and him have have previously set of like literally just jumping from random high heights and landing crotch first onto random creatures. Um thank you. Uh what else do I what else do I have? Um, yeah, no, the just everything about this movie is just, it's such a, like, tragedy with a capital T, like, Greek tragedy drama. I mean, I don't know anything about Greek tragedy. I can't say this is actually that. Um, but, like, just in the sense of, like, everything is falling apart. Um, you can see the fixes. You can see that. Um, you see the, the sort of, like, hero with their fatal flaw. Um, and... Um, the thing that, like, the thing that I am looking at in my notes that makes me think of this is, in particular, um, Anakin comes to Mace Windu right after he learns that Palpatine is, uh, the Sith Lord. And this is a, this is, I think this is a plot point that I didn't quite remember. I remember Mace dying, um, from Palpatine, uh, but I didn't remember the fact that, like, Anakin came to the council and I think this is something that's, like, so, uh, I don't know, like, that hurts a little bit more about his his sort of fall, is that even as he's wrestling with these fears of losing, um, of losing Padme, and even as he's sort of, like, maybe hoping for this, th- these powers that he can gain by becoming a Sith, he still tells Mace Windu. He still tells him, like, hey, my friend Palpatine, who I've been listening to since I was like a nine-year-old kid is actually the evil guy we've been after um and Mace is like okay like are you sure and he's like yes and he's like okay then we'll go deal with it um and it is this sort of like thing where like like Mace trusts him like he trusts Anakin when Anakin says the Chancellor is a Sith um and 
you know, that should be like a moment of pride for Anakin. Like he figured something out, he told somebody and they're going to do something about it. But instead what happens is he's told to like, you know, stay here and stay out of it. Um, and then we start to see again this <laughs> this lack of object permanence that he has um, where like the second that people aren't with him and, and telling him that like things are okay and that, that they, they trust him and that he's doing the right thing he starts to fall apart um and it and it like it hurts because it's like you know he did the right thing and he started he you know things were going fine and then suddenly suddenly the doubts creep in and suddenly he hears palpatine's voice um the the, the poison he's been feeding him for so long and then things go wrong again um the other philosophical thing that uh needs to get discussed about this movie is the fact that um in the beginning of the movie Anakin kills Dooku on Palpatine's command basically Palpatine is uh he he has Dooku disarmed uh quite literally he chops off two of his hands um and he's kneeling like at Anakin's feet uh completely no lightsaber no anything um and Palpatine is like kill him and Anakin hesitates, and then Palpatine's like, do it, and then he kills him, um, and Anakin is like, that wasn't the Jedi way, blah, 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 um, and so, you know, he was, he was unarmed, and da, 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 da. and so the same thing happens later with Mace having cornered Palpatine, um, and Anakin walks in after Palpatine has been, like, disarmed or whatever, and is like, no, we, he, like, he has to sit trial, and Mace is like, he's too powerful, I've got to kill him, um, and then, uh, Anakin steps in, and then he's like, oh no, what did I do? Because Mace dies, and it's, like, it's nuts and terrible and bad, um, but there's something interesting in, like, the parallel of this, of, uh, you know, Mace trying to make that call, and, like, it's such a difficult thing to to say who is right and who is wrong here. Because on the one hand, like, I don't think Anakin should have killed Dooku. I think that Dooku was, you know, a very powerful person. And he, you know, he beat Yoda at one point and stuff like that. But also, like, I think he was wrong to do that. Um, on the other hand the amount that I wanted Mace Windu to be able to stab Palpatine through the heart at that moment is is very is very strong, very high. Um, and, like, it's right, Anakin is very right. It's not the Jedi way. The Jedi way is not to, like, murder these people who are unarmed or whatever um you know we do sort of know that palpatine is not fully unarmed because he has his funky lightning and shit um and he you know we know he's manipulating anakin in particular but just everybody around him um but i don't know it's the it's the the tough the tough thing the tough mental question of like is it right to kill this man who is uh, masterminded all of this stuff, who has killed so many people, um, is it just to do that? Uh, you know, probably not, but is it understandable? Yes, of course, definitely. Um, is it maybe the right, maybe is it, like, uh, I don't know. 
good good moral moral dilemma there for you um anyway um okay what else do I what else do I have to say uh one of the things that I was confused about is do we not learn that the the clones are are brain chipped like why did I I knew that like definitely I knew that um at some point like I knew that before I started re-watching all of this and getting back into Star Wars is that just like fandom osmosis from like the Clone Wars TV show is is that where this is revealed I tried to find that find out where this information is revealed but I'm like I don't think it's in like let me I can double check but I'm like Uh, no, I don't think it's, like, in this movie ever explained that, um, there is a, like, a biochip or whatever in their brains that is doing anything to them. Um, let me, I'm looking through the transcript right now just to see. No. Uh, and there's nothing, it doesn't say anything about chip. Blah, blah blah general grievous um you're not you must know you're, you're doomed something 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 um no so there i don't think that there is anything at all that like insinuates that they are chipped and brainwashed and brain controlled um which is weird. Like I, like I, 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 did I, did I just think that they were like traitors up until I somehow got osmosisized at some point, like in recent years? I'm confused. Um, anyway, uh, that, that was baffling to me, but what was not baffling to me and what was actually so very heartbreaking was this Order 66 scene. I, definitely did not remember this from or, or like I mean like I sort of remembered I'm like oh I can can recall seeing bits and pieces of this but I definitely like it didn't stick with me as a kid um which is weird because they're all like dying and whatever um but I guess it was like less it was less so like they weren't um characters that I know that are dying and now as an adult I can kind of recognize that the the implications and the sort of greater like societal loss that comes from this um this massacre um and you know I was always sad at the little kids dying but like less so at the 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 sort of scenes that we see what happens is um Palpatine orders Order 66 which is to kill all the Jedi and we see the clones immediately turn on Obi-Wan um and then we see just snippets from like all of these other Jedi I think some of them we have recognized and we have seen before but most of them we haven't um and their troops turning on them and killing them and them falling and dying um and we see like Yoda like stumble and like put a hand to his heart as he feels all of this happening um and this is a very good example of like like I can't wait to read the scene in the books um but like this is a very good example of what the the books often 
do um, that the movies don't tend to, which is to like show the sort of like very quick brief bits of like how this affects other people and not like our our main heroes. Um, and like, of course, you, you kind of have to do that in uh, with a plot point like this. Um, and not necessarily so with like something like the uh, the Death Star firing or whatever. Um, but like, God, gosh, darn it. This this whole thing like like hurts. It hurts, and then it like goes to Anakin and the and the younglings, and like the little kid who's just like, "What do we do?" And um, he like the his little step back when Anakin lights the lightsaber is just so, like, God damn, this hurts. Like, I know it's meant to, but it does. Um, and the same thing when Bail Organa shows up to the Jedi Temple and is, like, gonna go help and figure out what the hell is going on. And, um, this little, like, apprentice who's, like, probably, what, like, 13, um, or Padawan, I guess, um, like, jumps out and starts trying to, like, defend people and tries to run away and gets shot down. And it's, like, like, they killed everyone. Like, that's just, ow, owie, ow. Um, uh, what else? Okay. Um, I'll talk about, I, I think I'm going to talk about Padme now. Um, first off, she's got a really cool starbird hairpiece in this, and, uh, it's a very good nod to the rebellion. Um, she gets so fucking shortchanged. She deserves to be, like, like, I just, can you imagine, um, like, okay, it doesn't even have to, the, the, the only thing that has to change is the fact that she lives, and Palpatine can still tell, like, Darth Vader, oh, like, it seems in your rage or whatever, in your anger, you killed her. No, like, that, that can still happen. Like, he can still do that, like, that's fine. Um, and then, can you just imagine, picture the, the, like, the goodness that it must be of like Padme in all of her righteous fury leading this rebellion against her former husband. I guess technically her her still husband because I don't think they can get space divorced unless they both agree or go see a lawyer, right? Uh, maybe because she if she fakes her death or something like their marriage gets canceled. I don't know, but like she like her waging war against her ex and or current husband um who thinks that she's dead and like just the, you can you imagine the scene of like Vader realizing like oh my god my wife is alive and she's been trying to kill me for 19 years because I was a major murderer um wow like that like that could have been so powerful um and I get that they can't do that because she doesn't exist in the you know if this is retroactive you, you, you can't rewrite the original series but like you could, and Padme could be in it, and just, like, you can't tell me that, like, because the, the, what happens is she, like, the reasons that, the reason that she dies is that she has lost the will to live, like, her body scan is, like, she's perfectly healthy, otherwise, she just, they're losing her for some reason, it's fucking sexist bullshit, is what it is, um, and you, you just, like, First off, that's so just that's just bullshit in general of like, oh my gosh, like this woman dying because she's lost her will to live. Like what the hell? But second of all, like you can't tell me that 
Like, I understand that Anakin and Padme had this whirlwind romance, and, like, Padme is definitely way too into him for for my tastes and my opinion. Um, so she clearly, like, sees something in him that, that I don't. Um, but at the same time, like, you can't tell me that she would, she would, like, choose to leave her children and, like, her people, like, her people? She is such a, like, she spent her entire life in politics. And, you know, depending on whether or not you're reading the the books and getting her, like, mental view about, like, whether or not she wants children and stuff like that, like, just more recently deciding she really wants to have kids. But, like, both of those things are so worth living for. Um, So, like, the idea that, like, she lost the will to, like, she's, like, basically choosing to die, like, this is just, it's just such utter bullshit in so many, so many different ways, so many different reasons. Um, It's dumb. It's absolutely dumb. Um, Anyway, in my brain, she lives, and it's great. Um, I will say, I do, I really love the parallel um, hospital scenes of her going into labor and... Darth Vader being born um it's so it's so good with the her in like sterile white and him in sterile black and um the sort of like as she's giving birth we also like give birth to this this villain and you know the moment that we like see see the 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 helmet come down and then you first hear the and it's like such it's really iconic it's like a good way to build this iconic villain um and having that be at the same time as the hero being born as well um the heroes of of the original trilogy being born as well um it's really good it's really it's a really good cinema of having this be at the same time um but but then but then padme can just like hop up out of it at the end of it and it's fine um and I, i guess also along those lines to be fair though, what what really what what did get me was um Padme's funeral uh she has the little carving like the little carved necklace that Anakin gave her as a 9-year-old in her hands. And like I don't know why but that got me like uh like I I mean like her whole thing about her her last words are like you know there there's good in him. I know there is. Um a little a little optimistic and like but along along the lines of like the 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 tone and the themes of this series that's what Luke's whole thing is is like there is good invader i know it and he brings that out of him um but it's i don't know it's just that thing of like it's a reminder of who this kid was and who how cheerful and how caring he was as a person and like you think back to um the first the first movie and specifically like the first book that had that shows all of how much he cares him going out of his way to help somebody um that is hurt even though like other people have warned him that's like a dangerous thing to do uh his mother being like you're such a caring boy like you always think of others first him giving up what little money he has so that other people can have you know like frozen treats and stuff like that um like he turns he he gets turned from this caring boy into this this monster um and it's such a tragedy and just that like that tiny little detail of like 
that reminder of who he was is so good. It, it's so good. It got me. I will say that. It got me. Um, yes. What else do I have to say? Um, I feel like I can't, um, I, I just can't capture in words how much I really like, uh, the confrontation on Mustafar. Um, for one, the, the lightsaber battle, fucking awesome. It's really cool. I'm like, I know why it had to get broken up with, like, shots of, uh, Yoda and Palpatine fighting, um, because, like, that's how pacing works, that's how the story works, you, you know, you got to, um, but, like, god, I just want to watch that lightsaber battle, like, start to finish, just, it's so good, um, it's got, like, multiple, like, variations and, and, like, technically is just such a fun thing to watch, but it's also, like, such a, a good, um, uh, sort of, like, it's good writing in that, like, we see the, these characters who are, like, so much more evenly matched now, um, we see, like, you know, the, 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 what is it, the, the mentor has become the, the teach, the teachy, the student has become the master, that's the, that's the word for it, um, and so we see how evenly footed these two um, people who care so much about each other are. Um, it's also just so genuinely heartbreaking. And again, like I, I feel like I can't um, dis- I can't talk about it in a way that like expresses uh, these these same emotions um, that I felt like watching this. Like I was genuinely tearing up again um, uh, because we have we have like obi-wan being like i've i've failed you anakin like he's like taking the blame of of um of everything going wrong um and uh the like the other thing that i want to like think about is him shouting like you were the chosen one and sort of when when and where does Obi-Wan, like, start to believe that Anakin is the chosen one? Is, um, we get hints of that after Qui-Gon dies, and now it's Obi-Wan's turn to raise him. Um, but, like, I don't know. There's also, like, talk throughout this is, is whether or not they, they misinterpreted the prophecy and whatever. Um, but... I I don't know I don't know I have to think I have to think about that one more and and how much that that uh, how much meaning that has but um no it's also the just the the like Anakin shouting about like I hate you and and the the response is you are my brother I loved you like uh, like first of all just the tenses of like current and past um and um, I don't know, like, I, I just, I can't, I can't talk about this in words, because I feel like that I just will not, um, capture the, the emotions, but it's just, it's just owie, like, these people who were, who were supposed to be there for one another, this person who is, like, who raised this kid from a nine-year-old, um, and turned him into, um, a better Jedi than I ever could have thought, could have hoped you, you'd be, um, like, owie, owie. Anyway, okay, I've talked about this for long enough, um, I think I'm done now.
See you in a little bit when I read the book version of this. Bye.